This is On Balance for NYU. I am Rene Casanos, a freshman in CAS studying physics, and I'm here with Mert Aronel and Dylan Smith. Can you guys please introduce yourselves? I am Dylan Smith. I am a freshman studying macroeconomics. Uh, currently, I'm in the LS Core program, but I'll probably end up transitioning to CAS. I'm Mert Aronel. I'm a freshman at Tisch Film Production. Um, yeah, that's it. I mean. Um, political correctness has a sense, uh, has in a sense invaded the spheres of political and social discussion in recent years. You really can't go anywhere on the internet or in reality without hearing different, differing opinions on its rightful place in the way that we interact with our fellow uh, human beings. You know, as NYU students that at least here there's a large pressure and focus on being uh, politically correct, on sort of uh, being inclusive and unoffending in discourse. There seemed to be quite a sudden manifestation of a sort of conscious or awakening of such practices in society uh, that regulates its behavior. I remember that like on social media like Twitter and Facebook, you know, when I talk about certain things, I have to regulate myself. And uh, that really never happened before a certain age, I guess, uh, around, you know, the time of Obama. But like, obviously, political correctness has been here for a while in some form or another. It used to be akin to something like a strict adherence to a particular ideology that was deemed, for lack of a better word, correct. In fact, uh, in fact the term was uh, often used in this manner. I read somewhere that it was prominent in totalitarian states and this was there was this running semi-humorous anecdote that to me is pretty funny. Comrade, your statement is factually incorrect. Well, and he, then he replies, yes, but it is politically or politically correct rather. Uh, this insinuates <laughs> that there is one political reality which obscures objective reality itself, and in turns, uh, it, in turns, it becomes more important than it is taken as you will. Uh, if you think back in time to Mao's China, disagreement with the status quo can mean death, and so it was deemed imperative to be politically yep. correct. Nowadays, it's not like that. Obviously, I hope so at least. Um, enough talking. Wait, yeah, of Just course. Wait for it. <laughs> uh, enough talking. Perhaps uh, it would be useful to define such an <laughs> intricate and compelling phenomena. What is political correctness? It is. Is it even feasible to achieve a society with such a, um, I guess, uh, very like uh, objective and or no subjective uh, philosophy? Uh, do you think that we can achieve a society which will be, I guess, for lack of a better word, truly politically correct? Uh, Dylan. You want to go first? Sure. Um, well, there are a lot of points that were brought up and a little interlude to the question. Um, to me, what it, political correctness is simply um, they, a manner in which you speak which takes into account the feelings of everyone who could be listening to, mm -hmm. the, um, to what you're saying. To me, what political correctness is in practice is that when I am speaking to a large number of people, I kind of pretend that I'm speaking to each person individually. And in this modern day of mass media, of mass you know, online communications on Facebook and Twitter and TV and podcasts, um, there's a lot of different types of people that are listening. So what I try and do is I try and make sure I'm, I don't say anything you know, publicly that I wouldn't say to anyone individually. Um, a lot of people try and who you are used to speaking in informal situations with small numbers of people really don't like this because they feel like they're being artificially limited in how they speak and they think that a lot of their own personal ideas aren't able to be expressed unless they're somehow offending like large numbers of people um, but I have yet to run into a situation personally where I haven't been able to express an idea or concept even one that could hurt the feelings of a lot of people without also maintaining my ability to not personally offend uh, anyone. Mm -hmm. uh, and what do you think of, I know some people talk when they, uh, 
I guess, go against political correctness. They, they mentioned etiquette. Uh, what do you think? Uh, do you think being politically correct is, in a sense, practicing etiquette in terms of like discourse and stuff? Yeah, I don't think it's, there's any substantial difference. I mean, if you're uh, like speaking, if you know, I'm on the air and I'm saying, let's say I wanted to say something racist against black people, like I just won't say it, and that's politically correct not to say it. It's not like ridiculous not to say it. A lot of people think that what a lot of people do is they say, oh, well, I just, you have to be politically correct anymore and you're censoring me when really what they want to talk about is just racist or they want to say, um, well, you're censoring me. I want to talk about the black white crime gap or black on black murder. And I want to imply that it's black people who just murder disproportionately more because they're black mm -hmm. and not being allowed to say that means that you're racist when in reality, things like that are just factually or scientifically incorrect. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think it's substantially different from just being polite. Well, uh, let me ask you, uh, do you agree with this uh, definition of political correctness? Um, uh, what do you have to say about that? I, um, I disagree on how political correctness is the same as etiquette. Um, because political etiquette existed before political correctness. Um, etiquette, uh, etiquette existed since the dawn of the Enlightenment era of intellectuals gathering together and basically um, I mean, not even Enlightenment era. It, even you can go back to it's always the time. It, it always exists since the time of when debating in the Greeks started. Etiquette is the form of, uh, of is it's like a is a way of trying to get your opinion across um, in a rational and you know not polite way, but in a way that you can get the other side to be on board on your opinion. That does not mean offending. You can be you can be you can be disagreeable. You can offend someone and still be you know um, and be in a form of etiquette. Th the way I look at etiquette is that is this: you have a particular idea and you're trying to use tactics of language to so that you can get across your idea to the other side. Otherwise, it's all just rhetoric. You're all, all uh, political correctness is rhetoric. Political correctness is the right is is in this case it is um, how I would define political correctness even though it's very vague because it comes from an ideology that is also vague and you know very you know destructive uh, destructive and incohesive is that political correctness is is like a monopoly on what should be said and what should not be said despite the facts despite, uh, you know, um, on what the objective reality is. Can you give an example? I can give you an example. reality that you're not allowed to talk about? Like cultural, like, do you want try, Do you want me an example in America or basically like generally? It doesn't know? matter, something that most people would consider politically incorrect that okay. you think is objective truth. Okay, uh, uh, politically incorrect would be, uh, let's say, I, let's say I say in, in, in abortion, let's say. And into the topic of abortion. Abortion is a very controversial thing to say, right? And if you uh, and if you say that, uh, and the politically correct uh, thing is, you should you as a woman, and and this uh, you you uh, as a woman have the right of choice to do whatever the uh, to do whatever your body because uh, and yeah, I mean I agree about it. You should like be in control of your body. But here's, here's where the tricky part is. When you say you have the right of choice, uh, abortion should be allowed because the baby or like the, the fetus is not life. 
Yeah. And the argument against that, so this is, this is where political correctness comes in. When somebody says, argues against, no, there is a life there. There is, a, there is a life there, and I have my evidence to this, I have my facts to this, then that is politically incorrect. Mm -hmm. And I agree with it. I think women should have the choice to do, uh, to do, to have the choice, like, uh, on what they should, whether or not they should have a baby or not. But to say that, uh, to say that, you know, there is no life, then that's the tricky part, because it is a, it is still a debate. I mean, it's still a debate between, you know, doctors and surgeons and professors on whether or not life, on what, li on the definition of what life is. And that is a debate that should be continued, but it has been like dismantled throughout, you know, since you know, State v. Roe, uh, and has never been talked or discussed, uh, taught or discussed, because the narrative is now that it, it has no life. And if you stay, if you go against that narrative, then you are politically incorrect, and then you're considered a sexist, a, a, a misogynist, or whatever. Even though, like, even though you may not be, or in the in the other case, where, let's say, I say, like, for example, like I'm from Turkey, for example, and I had this discussion with my professor, with my advisor, and I told her that if you say something against immigrants in America. You will probably like I showed her that basically this. There's a there was a list of basically universities where talking about how intellectual diversity is, you know, uh, there is no basically intellectual diversity in in, in America. The only into like a, apart from a few, you know, twenty in yeah. few institutions. After that, it just goes red. Like like it's either leftist and most of the time like UCLA, Harvard. Princeton, even Princeton. Harvard was last five in that list. UCLA, NYU is last four. Are you three. saying as in they're all, all the academia is leftist? Yeah, more, in, no, not leftist. Is that that there is no, like when it comes to no inter diversity, no opinion diversity in terms of, you know, when it comes to the political spectrum. NYU, I mean, this is indisputable, is a more left-leaning organization with more left-leaning liberal views Whereas when it comes to conservative views, it is basically like, no, we do not want conservative views. Yeah, like, like it, it, yeah, that, that is yeah. the thing. And when I said this, when I told her this, she was shocked. And, uh, and in Turkey, like say, a lot of people in, in my, uh, are like basically uh, like very, are like really, you know, arguing like, why should we uh, argue about the immigration problem? There are a lot of manner not in like either disliked or either you're going to be like considered as a you're a bigot racist so on and so on even though your 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 rationalization is not based on some irrational discrimination but from I don't think immigration policy is working right now. I think we should change into a more conservative policy because of this, 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 this. And if even if you say that, if you say that, even though you're not saying, oh, you know, irrational, uh, doing an irrational racist remark, and if you're saying, like, from a practical perspective, we should not, you know, go with the liberal side, we should go on the conservative side, then you're going to still be going to be shut down. Would you say that uh, 
today being politically correct is more and I'll get back onto this because I, I I know you probably have like a reply to this but like um, would you say that being left or leftist is considered more politically correct yeah 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 okay. um, uh, yeah um, and I mean in America it of is in Turkey, it's the opposite. It's more on the right, mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in or in other countries where it's more, um, and it's sort of like the, the the differences when it comes to left is that it is basically uh, covering itself as if it is uh, like, for, as if it's like we're compassionate. As p- political correctness is sort of like you know, you know, um, like George Carlin. I mean, I don't want to like fully support. Uh, like his terminology about what George Carlin comedian God rest his soul he basically said that God rest his soul um, pulker correctness is basically fascism pretending uh, to be compassionate or nice that's what he his uh, saying is and there's a little bit of uh, you know you can argue you know fasc- I don't like the word fascism because I think a lot of people use it and like, you're a fascist, you're a fascist, you're a fascist, even though you don't have no idea what fascism really means. But I would say, yeah, I mean, it is rooted, I mean, historically, it is rooted in Marxism. Political correctness is rooted in Marxism. It's rooted in cultural Marxism, especially if you look at, well, yeah, I mean, if you look at uh, philosophers such as in the 60s and uh, like uh, Derrida or Foucault, you you will say you will see a, a certain link on how like and especially in the Maoist China, in Maoist China what they would do is basically uh, and then also in the gulags they would ha- they would do the specific methods as similar as it is today that like as you said comrade you know you you are you're factually incorrect but politically correct it, i mean in in political correctness is what George Orwell would basically do is when he wrote his books, let's say, he would go specifically on the language. And he was influenced by this, but because of the communist and Chinese communist, you know, societies who also basically did the same thing. They would regulate language constantly, especially in China, uh, regulate language constantly so that because if you change language, you're basically changing ways of thinking. And if you change the ways of thinking to your own benefit, then you're going to have a more t- totalitarian you're going to have a more single-minded society that is imben- that is basically you know supportive of your narrative and it's and what that's what George Orwell like basically feared and it's right now going might go to that i'm not saying to the point where it's going to be a Orwellian army i'm just saying that the that the that is going to that that the particular reg- regulations of compelled speech or you know change speech uh, are prevalent in today's society, and that comes that comes from Orwell's fear of how you know the method, the similar methods in China and Russia, and you know other, and in, in, in right now you can look at North Korea, are gonna be applied to the Western society. Yeah. Okay, so what you first were t- discussing was about abortion. You're saying that it's essentially politically incorrect to be against abortion. And this is a completely subjective experience, mm-hmm. at least I think so. In my opinion, the amount of debate that has gone on about abortion mm-hmm. and a huge portion of America's politicians that don't support abortion are by means that, by definition, 
being against abortion is not politically incorrect. While there are people who are vehemently against those who are pro-life, mm-hmm. that them being against it does not mean that it's politically incorrect to be against it. That just means they have opinions yeah. that you have opinions that they don't like, which is yeah, that's the what thing has always political happened. correctness is, is that the opinions that are not liked are basically like uh, trying to be rejected and dismantled out of society okay, so that that's the debate not, that, does not, not go being on rejected. further. But I, I, not I, being... I think uh, you guys have like a differing uh, set of opinions on whether like uh, just like some people not liking the opinion whether that's considered politically inter, uh, incorrect culturally. Well, it's it's not because, you know, what you're saying is that political correctness is leftist, but there are a ton of opinions in the U.S. which are right-wing and center, which you cannot talk about publicly and then still, like, be accepted fully. If I said, I'm a communist, if I said, I don't believe in God, if mm-hmm. I said, I want open borders, mm-hmm. if I said, you know, capitalism is bad, you cannot run for office. Like, Mm -hmm. maybe in theory you're allowed to, and you won't be thrown in jail, but there have been times way further back Mm -hmm. than Foucault where you would be completely ostracized from society. And that's not even the modern idea. You know, if I went back and I went to, let's say... McCarthyism? Yeah, McCarthyism, but even way before, 1776. Mm -hmm. They were tarred, you know, monarchists were tarred and feathered. Mm -hmm. And that's not... So it's not a modern idea to dislike people who you disagree with. Um... Another thing you were talking about is you were saying that academia was leftist and that right views therefore are ostracized. Well, yeah, I mean, especially in the humanities. Well, especially in humanities. There is a very compelling argument that the more that you learn about humanities, the less right wing you get. Well, that's because it's predominantly left, and when people who go into humanities, like humanities, eighty percent are left wing, uh, where it's an econo- economics major. I mean, the, when I look at, like, for example, um, Stern or liberal arts or Tisch and or like you know chemistry and chemistry, like yeah. those areas, you're gonna see a big, uh, a big divide. When it comes to you know political spe- when it comes to the political spectrum. Well, humanity- okay. or earlier you said that academia was left. Yeah, it is. So left. just the humanities are left. Not, not no human academia in a general sense in in the United States is left. So in you're saying that specifically sense. the people who learn about politics and political geography and history are left. When people who don't learn about that aren't left, like I feel like that no, would indicate. That, that's not my saying. I'm saying that the general, the general, like when you look at there's a when you look at the statistics of professors, uh, and you look at right now, and you look at the '80s, you're gonna see a difference when it when it comes to left leaning and right leaning uh, ratio. You're gonna look at how uh, 50 to one of uh, the humanities is uh, is, is I know because the humanities life. are the ones who study humans and the humanities are the ones who try to understand the world in which we live yeah. outside of a specific who are specific laws from a subjective experience what that would indicate is that the more that you learn about how humans behave and how mm-hmm. humans are and how humans have acted in the past generally that would indicate you are at least center left if not more I mean, there's a there's a reason why chemists don't well, normally go out and start talking about why immigrants are terrible, and that's okay. because they don't know anything about okay, immigrants. Okay, why is it why can't in humanities can't be right? Where right, well, in left views is more on the focus on society and in general population and more collectivist ideas, whereas in right it's more on the individual and more you know, where it's basically focused on the individual itself. How is that not uh, can't can't be a part of uh, humanities? 
where basically, uh, like in, how can I say, and basically in philo- in not in philosophy, but like in sociology, for example, where um, it's uh, when you look at oh, how can I say, not in sociology, in psychology, for example, when you look at if you look at a, a, any major, for example, when you when when there's a debate on specific, like for example, economics, yeah, that's that's the easiest route I'm gonna go in economics. There is two biggest debates on what how a country should do an economic policy. One would be an interventionist policy, and the other would be how can I say uh, non-interventionist. Leave it to the free market. That is a debate between the left and the right. That ever since the dawn of you know economics started, especially well, in the, well that, what I'm saying is that has a really complex history. I mean, if you're going to t- if you're going to talk about economics. I mean, nowadays it is dominated strongly by neoliberalism. If you go back to before okay. the 80s, it was primarily Keynesianism, mm-hmm. but there were very few schools left that actually practiced that. And No, you learn all of them. You, but the, the, what I'm saying is like the, 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 and when you look at the debates, the, the debate is basically, should we leave it to the free market or we should, should it be interventionist? That is a between debate of Most left economists and right. Most are pretty what? solidly... Half we should leave some things to the free market and some things to the okay government. yeah it's and not that, a lot okay of and what I'm saying is that, yeah that is a that is a debate that should be you know done but what I'm saying why can't that same thing happen to the humanities why can't right wing right wing uh, individuals go on and debate uh, go on and disagree with their left wing there professors? are there well there, it, the it, difference it, in the really? economics isn't left and right it's hey let's have very very minor differences in how exactly how much exactly the state does. The states, they all agree the state should build schools, roads, and manage a lot of things okay, that the free yeah. market can't do. Yeah. The differences are very small. Like the number of um, economists who would actually support a fully free market is very, very small unless you live in Singapore. Like if you're going, so if you're going to talk about the debate between oh, economists. If you, if you go to Milton Friedman, man, you're going to see a whole I know, and day, almost you know. nobody, he has zero, he's very okay. little influence on um, that Let's let's go to your next point. I, I want to kind of. All right. So you were also saying that language um, is policed so well, similar yeah. to how it is in 1984, and you're talking about how. Nin- 1984. George Orwell. Yeah, yeah. It is. It, not, no, I'm not saying it is. It, it, I'm saying. Yeah, clearly. What I speci- what I specifically said that is that especially like uh, like in Canada for like when you look, I'll give you an example. If you look at Twitter. YouTube or any kind of uh, mainstream media that social media you're gonna see on how YouTube specifically targets right-wing or right-wing or even ideas that or even like people that disagree with the left Google and also targets see. left-wing websites they pretty much target everyone yeah who everyone tar- yeah, yeah what I'm saying but what I like what basically if you look at uh, let's say I'll give you best example um, Twitter for example um, there's this one guy who basically did this experiment with Twitter on to show how biased Twitter is. And what he did was he basically did this one experiment. He basically he said a bad word in a context <laughs> and said, you know, I hate Donald Trump. I hate Hillary Clinton in two different accounts. And what happened was Hillary Clinton account was flagged, but Donald Trump account was not flagged. Even though it had the same sentence with only two different people, and that in that and you can see a lot of different, you know, 
uh, different instances of how Twitter basically targeted, uh, you know, controversial opinions, which are usually when in America basically controversial opinion just means right winning opinion. In That's most not cases. at all true. Well, in well, like if you think that Hillary Clinton is a leftist, then there are the vast majority of leftists who would disagree with you there. But he, but she's supportive she of the. She's support. She's like if Hillary Clinton. She's support. Like, let's say if Hillary Clinton was. Like the whole, you know how Hillary Clinton's campaign was basically run amok. It's basically this: I, uh, it is time for a female president to be the president of the United States, and that was one of the biggest narratives of that campaign. And other, and also, you know, screw Donald Trump, you know, damn yeah, Donald whatever. Trump and whatever. But that is also uh, if uh, one of the biggest, you know, you know, people say, oh, Hillary Clinton. You know, he, people didn't elect Hillary Clinton because of you know sexism in America. But I would also say There's that like you, not a lot of people, like most yeah. of the people who say that, yeah. most actual leftists, at least most of the leftists I've had, yeah. I've talked to, would say that she wasn't elected because she sucked as a candidate and her campaign was yeah. terrible. And I say not yeah, she, she sucked. She and that's why I'm ashamed. She sucked as a candidate, and that's why she lost votes. But what I'm saying is, what got her more up, more upper in the polls, in, the, in not in the polls, in the voting, in the voting ballot is that, well, two reasons. The Democratic Party won her right from the start. They didn't even want Bernie at, at the beginning. That's one reason. But the other reason is that she she would be the perfect, uh, cat, like after Barack Obama, where the United States finally elected, oh, God, it was about time, finally elected a first their first African-American president. The next part would be the first female president, and she fit the narrative perfectly, and she uh, she had the means and campaigns and the backing of the Obama administration to do so. So, what does and this have to do with Twitter? And what I'm what I'm saying is that well, what do you mean? You argued that you know uh, that Hillary Clinton. What was your argument before that? I'm saying Hillary Clinton was centrist and not particularly left or right. But you what say, I'm saying, the support of what she fit the narrative of the left. Yeah, it, and it, that's I, what I'm saying. I think okay. what you're saying is that it didn't matter whether she was politically left or center. It's just that she fit the narrative of a left, like the perfect left yeah. candidate for the time. It's not particularly left wing to support women being president. Like, oh, I would no, be surprised yeah, yeah, that course, yeah. it's not like the Republicans wouldn't ever run a woman. No, of course. It's just yeah, that they yeah. haven't yet. I. I don't think that anyone would block you for hating Hillary Clinton because she's a woman. Mm -hmm. What they probably would block you for is disliking Hillary Clinton because she's much more favorable to tech companies and new age millennial yeah. companies than Donald Trump would be. Like, well, and it's not. But it's that's not, because uh, that is because the tech, those tech companies that are focusing on or uh, that are focusing on are more on uh, that the people in Silicon Valley who are in California. Are basically trying to, uh, are basically their main focus and demographic are those uh, liberal left leaning, uh, you know, people. I mean, and okay, like, so then you, we really need to define exactly what you mean by left. Because if you mean anyone is like left is someone who isn't a strict Republican, like most in most nations and in most areas and most circumstances and really in most discussions, Hillary Clinton is not a leftist. I'm not saying she's a leftist or left-leaning. She's I'm a not, centrist. I know she's a she's, she's more of a centrist, but that doesn't change the fact that she fits the, uh, the she she fits the left narrative of 
of uh, that that is basically supportive of the okay, feminist movement. Okay, but she also the feminist supports movement, and like, which she fits the free trade, or the, she also fits the like NAFTA mm-hmm. narrative. She also fits the global corporation like narrative. She also fits the warmongering against Russia mm-hmm. narrative. But she doesn't this fit is the a lot public. Of the public. Okay, when you look at the That's public, the public doesn't really care. Okay, people don't vote with their heads; they vote with their hearts. You you agree you would agree with that right in most cases in American politics. I think it's necessary in American politics because there's not really any good candidates ever. Okay, uh, okay, and the American and the American political system knows that people don't really think about policy; they think about the image of the candidate, and usually most campaigns go for that. No, they I, look th- at I have the, to disagree. I think that at apart least from Donald Trump, Donald Trump broke that rule. Donald Trump broke the rule of the image part. Of uh, of like try of you know being more likable and so on and so on. What I'm saying is that in the uh, in, when it comes to American politics, uh, in leftist politics, you in order for you, especially in the last eight years, in order for you to get higher votes, you have to have a public image that is more aligned to the left, which is either you're gay, woman, uh, being gay or woman or any. Like a person of color is not left wing, like. No, oh, I would. No, I would. Okay, disagree. okay, okay, okay. Uh, go on with your with your argument. Just, just for that. Is, I mean, th- that is it. You, like these traits of sense, uh, you know, uh, if you're a, if you're a member, okay, look, if you're a member of the African American community, LGBTQ community, uh, or you know, um, the feminist movement, or any of these left leaning uh, movements, then you're going to have a uh, then you're then. That, then you're gonna get a higher vote in the public in Amer- in American politics. So more people just support them is what you're criticizing them for. More yeah. people support. More people are in favor of the gay rights movement and mm-hmm. black pe- and uh, you know whatever movement. That's not a criticism. Like for the for the sake of time, I'm gonna go on with my next point. Uh, well. Now that we've talked about that, and mm-hmm. I, I think I d- am going to go back to the whole discussion on uh, political correctness on social media mm-hmm. and stuff like that, because I think that's uh, yeah. that warrants you know valuable mm-hmm. discussion. But what do you think of PC's place in student interactions here at NYU and other mm-hmm. academic institutions? In other words, um, both in terms of like you were talking about, like how it uh, affects mm-hmm. academia in, in general, but also uh, how people have been limiting their discourse and limiting free speech, so to speak, between members of the student body. Do you think? That uh, political correctness does limit discourse or limits. Well, yeah. Okay, so the obvious the, the obvious answer that is kind of implied by the way the question is framed is framed is that political correctness you would think would limit speech, okay. but I would highly disagree with the premises that seem to be just inherently asked by the question. For one, free speech is not a social right. Free speech is a government right. You cannot no. have the government go and say that you're not allowed to say something. Okay. Yeah. First, if somebody dislikes what you're saying and dislikes you for saying that, that's not an infringement of your free speech. Mm-hmm. That's them disliking you for saying something they don't like. Yeah, I agree with that. A lot of the opinions I, I would say, a lot of people would say, well, you're an idiot and I don't like that, which is their okay, right yeah. and they're yeah. not being infringed. Yeah. Um, three, I no. You can have a conversation. I've never once really had a conversation that I couldn't argue my point without being offensive. There is a huge difference between going against the mainstream opinion and also offending people and then being politically incorrect. Being, for example, back to the abortion thing, being pro-life 
is almost is in very few circles politically incorrect. If you are against pro-life, are you sure? If you look at the statistics, I mean, what's, what's the statistics? statistics? Well, I would seventy uh, percent. Okay, I'll, I'll give you a show. Seventy percent of women say that yes, abortion should be allowed, and but limited to the trimester. Okay. Okay, but after that, it should not be. So most women think that abortion okay. should be well, a woman's choice. That's yeah. not like you're not going to. But be after in that, trouble what I'm saying, saying is that. after that, after the trimester, the abortion should not be allowed. So seventy percent. What is, yeah. what is that? What, what's your point? So okay, what, one of the biggest. Uh, okay, what is it? So the argument is that. Mo- I'm saying they, just because a bunch of people disagree with you doesn't mean something's politically incorrect. What's politically incorrect mm-hmm. is if, uh, for example, an NYU teacher okay, yeah, went yeah, on a racist, like, uh, went on a racist speech and started saying the N-word and he started talking about, okay. uh, like, those thugs of Black Lives okay. Matter and stuff like that. He would be fired from his job and he would probably never have a career again. Okay. That is what is politically incorrect. Okay. If a professor went and said... I disagree with abortion because of my religion, and I think that life begins at conception, and I think that it's not really, and any line after that is entirely arbitrary. Mm-hmm. A lot of people might say, I don't like this. Yes. A lot of kids might take his class. I not think they would do more than, than just, I don't like A lot like of this. kids might even like petition to not have him work there. But I would be highly surprised if the if the school fired him or oh. if there is any sort of real big action or oh, really in NYU that happened i just just then a professor was just fired just because he said i don't believe in social justice i also at my high school that, well that's um, a huge difference from saying i don't agree with abortion well i that life. well okay what what i'm well what's the what is the disproportion what's the proportion of of the wrongness of him saying social just i don't say Oh, I don't believe in social justice, and just saying, oh, I don't agree with pro-life. The, like, what is the the difference in proportion of that? And what what I'm saying is, an NY. Well, you're saying that oh, professors aren't fired, or you know, speakers aren't you know, basically you know, deplatformed. And I'm saying, if you look at the news, a lot of professors are fired. A lot of professors are out of tenure. Just just now, a professor who said, "I'm not gonna, I, I do not prefer to use the pronouns," was basically uh, basically suspended from teaching. Uh, okay, well, that's a huge difference. Saying I don't believe in social justice. If okay. he's saying I'm what? not going to address you with the pronouns that you're asked, mm-hmm. I think that is a hugely offensive thing to do someone. And okay, that is in your. That's what I'm saying. That is in your opinion. And I'm spending sixty thousand dollars a year to be okay. here. I'm not going to have a professor who is going to my school and being disrespectful to my fellow classmates for no, at least what I feel, has no logical basis. But you're compelling him to speak. That's the problem. I'm you're pro- compelling him to say the words that you want him to say. Yeah, that's. I'm but compelling him to not have opinions, which I think are just. Which so this both, is what this is what I'm scientifically, saying. for example, for the if he didn't use someone's uh, preferred pronouns, mm-hmm. uh, implicitly that means he doesn't believe that people are transgendered or he doesn't believe in transgendered people or whatever. Um, no, he says he. I, I will use he or she, but I will not use the fake pronouns of z zur whatever those things are. So when he, so this is what I'm saying. This is the problem of. This is why I'm saying. Oh, yeah. This is also goes to my argument of how political correctness is just not only about language. It has just tr- it has transcended to the point of culture where basically particular groups are uh, whatever. I'm going to go into that later, but I don't want to make mix it up. But what I'm saying is there is a compelled speech. Yeah. Okay. There is there compelled is always, speech. 
some sort of compelling nature to the way that you speak. No, there is no, there no, no, is, no. not not like this. Influence someone's speech. There, no, yeah, would, there is always yeah. some sort of nature. If a professor also went and he said, "I think we should kill Obama," that would also get him fired. But not in a legal sense. Incorrect. That's the problem. You're legally compelling someone to say the specific no, word. No, not. I'm no, not no. making a law saying that you. Can't there is a law in Canada. <laughs> there is a law in Canada. I don't know about much about Canadian law. I, I feel. I feel like. Okay, well, let me let me let me let me simplify it because I. I, I think you do understand what he's trying to say. I don't. Uh, okay, okay. Th then let me let me try. Yes. Let me let me attempt. Okay. Uh, so like, by by having his job on the line, you have you are pressuring him to. You're making him decide whether he sticks with his uh, his beliefs on a certain linguistic matter, um, versus keeping his job because he's not saying the pronouns. Of that's student. yeah. That's fine with me because mm -hmm. you always have to balance having your beliefs out in the open if they're terrible with having your job. Mm -hmm. Just because it's different now than it was 40 or 50 years mm -hmm. ago doesn't mean that it's more wrong now. In fact, like, I heavily agree with whatever, with, uh, you know, using someone's preferred pronouns. I think it's just kind of stupid to okay. be heavily against what's essentially just a minor politeness thing. Even if you don't okay. understand being trans, for and example, I, okay. just use it. Okay. I'm going to go back to the Orwellian argument to this, is that how language will shape the way you think. You, you, you would agree that language shapes thinking, right? Okay, the so that's actually okay. a really complex linguistic question. Um, okay. So the, this hypothesis in its broad scheme is called the something wharf. It's, it's some, no, I think it it's is called the, the wharf. It's a hypothesis. hypothesis. It's a hypothesis. I don't remember the guy's name, but it was something. It's, it's yeah, the wharf hypothesis. Yeah, yeah, Essentially, yeah. it's the idea that language shapes the way you think. Yeah. But yeah. In, like, in studies, that's relatively hard to duplicate. Uh, really? Lots of languages have a lot of different abilities, or a lot, lot not abilities. Dude, I take psychology. Of language, of course, definitely takes and shapes okay, the way that's you a, think. It's a really popular hypothesis, but linguists who study how language works specifically have mm -hmm. are for the most part, unable to find some like significant really? changes in the way people think. While in uh, lots of articles and lots of like psychology classes, non-linguistic uh, fields do believe okay. or do at least perpetuate the myth because it's such an obvious okay. myth and he did make studies in support of his myth, but the studies were at the base level, uh, what's the word, bad, I guess for lack of a okay. word. Um, but, but for what the most I'm, part, language okay, what I'm saying, anything. okay, what I'm basically saying that with language, you're basically with language, you are able to basically categorize every uh, categorize every item of your surrounding. So when you look at like this item, this computer, you say you know that is this is a computer, and you're taught your 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 mind is basically conceptualizing that. You're not thinking of keep thinking of this as a metal thing with lights on. You're saying that this is a computer, and your brain, your your pro, your brain process, your thinking process, is related to the words in which you incorporate yeah. this, you know, this I item. It. And it's the same thing of how we think, of how we create ideas. the The use of language is important because without language, how else are we go how else are we going to think? I mean, that's why we try to expand or uh, expand, you know, try to learn more of the current vocabulary. So that we can ha we can basically broaden our, you know. Okay, but then you know, how does using other pronouns in he and she and they mean that you are unable to think? No, but what I'm saying is that when you regulate, when you compel someone to speak a particular language, then you're compelling them to speak in a particular particular language and a particular narrative and a particular. Okay, that's process. not that's not that's a huge step. If I say 
don't say the n-word that doesn't mean you can't be racist like, no what i'm saying no 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 there's a difference between of things that you can't speak in which our society society's dynamic uh, creates that like our, our dynamics and that is where i'm going the etiquette part is that our society is like the government didn't ca didn't came to the individual and say don't say the n-word we as individuals got like we later on as uh, later on as we interacted with other people we so, we sort of figured that out with those you know dynamics and those you know you know uh, negotiate those uh, the, the, with those communications and negotiations between african americans and you know other people we got that the government didn't say don't say the n-word you can't say the n-word that, that didn't happen yeah no that, that didn't happen but that what i'm saying is when i'm taking this example in canada or in, it's same Canada thing doesn't in have freedom of speech, and well, I don't know enough about Canadian. Like, I'm, I'm not Canadian. I've okay. never been to Canada. I don't okay. know what the culture's like there. Okay, and I, I think I think you should really look into it because what's happening in Canada might also happen in America. No, it, well, they well, don't have the freedom of speech. Yeah, they don't have the. They don't have the okay. First Amendment. What I'm well, what I'm saying is right now we're pushing to well, a lot of people, especially from the uh, from the left, are pushing so that freedom, the First Amendment, is like basically up, uh, irrelevant. I'm I mean, pretty there is, deep and active in the left, and I've never heard someone even oh, say yeah. anything remotely close to we should repeal the First Amendment and make a law so that well, we're literally you, not allowed to you ever go, ever enter the I, ever entered the ISO or any yeah, socialist movement? Yeah, I am part Yeah, of okay, the I'm also part. Okay, I also okay, went, okay. Went, went to the meetings and most of the time when I when I talk to them uh, when I talk with a lot of people from the left or when I talk a lot of with the socials and then I do agree on a lot of things that they say what I will always disagree with uh, on them is that that oh I am like this is the basic narrative and this completely blows my mind is that oh I am for the freedom of speech I am for the first amendment but I am against in everything that is sexist misogynist racist homophobic etc and that i agree with that and I, okay that is a complete but what the problem is how do you how do you uh, define what is sexist what is misogynist what is that without even try as every individual has a subjective interpretation of what is sexist what is racist or what is homophobic every ha every person has a subjective if you basically took a bunch of people and gave out a sentence and asked them do you think this is sexist do you think this is racist you will probably in if the of course the sentence is not explicit and even explicit a lot of people will say a lot of people would say oh this is not sexist or this is sexist and that is a problem is that we can the government or any entity should s somehow interfere with the mechanism. Like the never the ISO never talks about what the government should do. As far as I know. No, I'm not talking about. Uh, the ISO specifically. I'm talking about any socialist group doesn't say that we should make the government regulate this. They say we should regulate this, and they're not the government. No, we, yeah, we should regulate. We should regulate this. I'm, I'm saying any government or any entity should. No one should regulate speech because if you interfere with the mechanism of speech, of your the parents regulate your speech, your friends regulate your speech. You're always regulated. Okay, your you're speech. you're always corrected by your by. That's what I'm saying. That should be happened. The mechanism of speech is basically this interaction okay, between a free flow interaction between people. So if you say something wrong, someone's gonna correct you, and you're gonna be, if you're not narcissistic, you're gonna somehow self reflect. Oh, I said something wrong. I should correct myself and that is a crucial thing so that our society can function but if you put someone an entity a like something 
or in Canada, or in Canada, they basically it is the law now. If the law, I don't know what the law is, but the Canada doesn't have freedom of speech, so let's okay. avoid them as an example. Okay, what? Okay, um, what? I, what I would say, if you have any entity or a judiciary institution compelling people to speak in a particular manner, okay, but which does no interfere with the mechanism of speech, then you're going to get problems. Okay, okay so I, I'll let you. I'll let you reply, and then, and then, yeah, we can just move on from there. Essentially, mm -hmm. the problem with this argument is that it ends up just being you aren't allowed to tell me I'm wrong if, if because you disagree with me too much. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know what's happening in Canada, but apparently the majority of their constituents think that certain types of speech shouldn't be allowed, which is not a re an uncommon sentiment to have about certain things. In a lot of countries, historically and right now, it is illegal to say certain things because of history and because of what those things have been said. Okay. If you have institutions or groups of people like the ISO, as an example, um, mm -hmm. who are explicitly against certain types of speech, mm -hmm. they're not, that's not a law. There is okay. a huge difference between the law. They just disagree with it strongly. Okay, you should disagree with it, but what I'm saying is that, and this is in the case, is that you should, uh, you should disagree with it, but to shut, like, shut up, stop, stop saying what you're saying, that is where I will draw the line because it, I mean, aren't you okay, effectively okay. doing that right now? To um, them? So to who? ISO. You're saying you're not allowed to say that you want to be against these guys. No, you should like you. You can say you're against free speech. I will be even be. Uh, you're not happy allowed to, to be that. against these guys. You're limiting their actions, which isn't which right. is limiting. Uh, what, for the sake of time, I'm gonna go on ahead and step in. Uh, just one more thing, mm -hmm. really fast. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're obviously familiar with Milo Yiannopoulos, Ben Shapiro, all those people. Yeah. Uh, Richard B. Spencer, you know, talking at uh, universities, not being allowed to talk at universities. Uh, just la last week, there was tensions at uh, one of Spencer's uh, talks at uh, University of Florida. People were shot, blah, blah, blah. There's tensions yeah. everywhere. Uh, do you think that certain uh, people, and I'm going to direct this at you because this is much more uh, prevalent to mm -hmm. you. Uh, what do you define hate speech as, and do you think uh, politically incorrect speech in general should be protected, I guess, uh, in, on that stage? Um, to me, hate speech is any sort of speech, um, and this is kind of a hard question because I no, have to yeah, think of an yeah, encompassing mm -hmm. definition on the spot, um, but in my opinion, hate speech is any sort of speech which be considered as um, trying to instigate violence against a minority or a specific group of people due to something they can't help. Okay, and okay. Uh, and just for the sake of time, I'm just gonna keep this to like, mm -hmm. if you have a reply, just mm -hmm. say it faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, do you think uh, it should be protected in terms of like, whether a, a politician or a prominent figure goes to a university and he is, uh, should, be, should he be allowed to speak? Um, I think by law, it should be protected. I think it's a terrible idea to give government the power to silence for certain groups of people. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't like the, the optics of that. Um, but I think that it it should be. Or I think that it is also equally okay for students who pay for the university to host these guys um, to get angry about it and protest and try and make it not happen. That is equally fair, and that's what happens if you, you know, yeah. speak crappy or speak in a terrible way okay. to a group of okay. people. Yeah. Uh, do you have a short reply to that? Well, I would say, uh, okay, what I would say is that, th here's the thing, the problem with, in American universities, is this big intolerance for a different idea. 
different differing idea how much how and most people say that is hateful speech this is hateful rhetoric and so on and i would say okay debate with that person don't silence that person try to uh like uh, like even in in ben shapiro or Milo Yiannopoulos, you can you can debate with them and mo you can try to debate with them i don't support them most of their opinions but here's the thing if you go on and say this person should be deplatformed, this should person should not speak, then you're not really giving a big intellectual diversity in your environment. You should have different viewpoints, different art, different opinions that will basically destroy your concept of what is true or what is morally right. Mm -hmm. And those people can somehow, and that is the point of a university, so that you can get different ideas, different opinions. And I have I I don't see no reason why you shouldn't like at least listen, and then afterwards when you sort you, when you get an idea of what they're really talking about, you either uh, disagree with them or agree with them. There is this one essay that basically um, okay, yeah so just for a short yeah, of time I'm gonna end here. Um, thank you guys for okay. coming. Uh, I, there was a lot of things that I I would you know have like to go on about like you know social media but you know under shortage of time i feel like a lot of opinions were heard um this is on balance for nyu i'm gonna thank you guys for coming yeah, thank you so much. yeah that, Thanks, that was really well thank you